podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. This is The Whistleblowers and I'm Martin Gritton returning post-international break with what can only be described as guests, but we have high calibre ones at that. Uh, hear them laughing in the background. Perhaps even more interestingly, particularly to me, is that we are joined by a beer of the month feature this week. week it's Watney's, uh, certainly the nicest free beer I've had today. Um, as usual, uh, we are... <laughs> What Mark, are you laughing at me? Unbelievable! What an unbelievable start! Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's Mark Smith, as you probably guessed, uh, long-suffering cohort. Um, we have a, a great two guests. Well, great two guests today. Um, you might remember, or you will remember, Dan Trelfer from his last visit. Dan, good to have you back. Thanks very much. Dan is joined by his uh, what can we call as a, a front partnership um, of Co-writer. co-authors. Co-author? What would Co-author. you call Co-author. Co-author. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith. John, great uh, to have thank, you on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no, no bother. Well, I, w- I was lucky enough to get, come along to you guys' uh, book launch for, for Booked, The Gospel According to Our Football Heroes. and In your football kit. Yeah, I full was, kit. wasn't I? Full kit. Was full shin pads? <laughs> no shin pads. No shin pads. Which let him down, otherwise he'd he have got free coffee. took him out knee high halfway through. Yeah. Teach him a lesson. Yeah. We're going off script here, guys. I was, literally, <laughs> I was reading brilliantly from my notes there. Now we've gone free form, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, no, I was full kit. I had uh, sans shin pads. I didn't have some because it was a mixed tournament that I was playing in. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Hopefully none of my colleagues are listening to this. But yeah, I was playing against... Uh, we, we won on penalties against the European Tour in a mixed five-a-side tournament. Well and then done, I, man. Nice. Thanks, guys. Well it's, it's the best thing I've won in the last few years. Did you get a few goals? You'd think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, yeah. we'll just leave that there. Okay. Um, well, Dan, uh, it's great to have you back. As I said, the last time you were on, we, we told some belters, or you told some belters, regarding, I think we ended up naming it after Wally Downs. That was, Wally Downs. That yeah. was enjoyable. Ooh, was yeah. Center, yeah. yeah. So... Um, as we should do, we should always look look to the, uh, the results of the weekend because, well, particularly because there's, it's very prescient, uh, John, being a West Ham fan. It's a nice opportunity for yeah. you to speak highly of your team. Yeah, good time to come in. Timed it very, very well after a dark and depressing start. And it's always bad when it goes up to the international break and then you've got that extra two weeks to wait before maybe picking it up. But then, yeah, up and running now. And that- uh, well, a tough game as well on paper really going there it's one of those ones that's just not a nice game to have to do yeah you know? uh, yeah I or mean, not a lot to expect from do you know what I mean you don't know what you're going to get yes you, you hope for those wins those win- those games are perhaps when you don't win them are even more you know depressing than the other ones because it's someone that that is on your level or on par with you there's your points team. on the table for you yeah. right? yes yeah. correct but, but Everton are a strange side this year I think they started off looked great Richarlison firing all cylinders all of a sudden, he's. I'm not saying it's just the reason why they've uh, dropped off a bit, but it's coincided certainly with his suspension. And, and Everton look at they, they look like they could be superb one week and poor the next. And they, on Sunday against West Ham, I thought they were poor, but West Ham were very good. Yeah, well, I sort of had a blind optimism about the game based on absolutely nothing other than it was. <laughs> it looked slightly easier than the games that yeah. that are to come because we've got uh, Chelsea next and Man United's next home game, Tottenham after that. Yeah. Um, so you're so, up to mid October. You've got a tough run. Yeah, well, October, I think. I think yeah, is, I think. Yeah. I think November looks slightly more agreeable. Well, happy Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how we are when we get there. But yeah, Sunday was good. Um, Pellegrini's come in and he's not quite settled on his team by the look of it. And on Sunday, it was forced on him because Wilshire 
which will come as a shock to one and all of us, was injured and missed the game. <laughs> um, so that sort of forced his hand a bit. And so he, he played the three in midfield. He played Rice and Noble and Obiang in midfield. And then looked like it, it let the, the front three do what they want. And the front three was Anderson and Yarmolenko and Arnautovic, who all, oh, tasty. all looked, yeah. It was lively, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you think, I mean, obviously, Wilshire, you don't want him to be injured. And from what we've heard today, out for I do. up to six I weeks. I love him. I just like him being injured. I'm Scottish. Oh. I was but, just but, going but do you think it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise, the fact that it's now, <laughs> it's now forced Pellegrini's hand? Because I don't think they can play Noble and Wilshire together in the team. No. I think now he can't do that. Only one of England's roses in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Declan Rice, you mean, having... <laughs> Whoa. Go ahead, yeah. but, but, I mean, it, it now shows that he has to play this, this other system. And, and from what you saw on the game on Sunday, it looks like it might be a bit better off as a result. Exactly. Certainly, I think it helped on Sunday. You don't want to wish injury on anybody. Of course we don't. No. But, but maybe... No, this, this absolutely. Hopefully he comes back and hopefully he's flying. But um, I think... I mean, we obviously we spent a lot of money in the summer, and I don't think anybody was upset with who we bought and what we spent that money on. But everybody was waiting for that central defensive midfielder to arrive, yeah. And it never did. He never did. Um, and in the end, when it did come, it was Carlos Sanchez who was, you know, mm. again, good luck to him. And let's not write people off. But it hasn't been the best start for him. And no. uh, I'm not sure he's the answer. But on, so on Sunday, sort of packed that with Rice and Obiang and Noble and. Things, things, things happen. Work. Right. Yeah. So Rice looked great. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he could play, play there because he, he, he won the ball, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's your beef with Wilshire? <laughs> oh, what? What? Where to start? What the, just, the beginning? Uh, the, the first well, one. All right. Well, well, many beefs. I'll start at the last. But I'll start at the World Cup when he's like has the I, the arrogance that seemed to be accepted for so long. That's like on. Oh well, you know, I feel as though I should be picked, but we'll come back to that. And his tweet, it's like, no, we won't. You just, I'm delighted that you were found out not to not to be good enough. You have to earn your right and to deserve your place and to sit in the wings at Arsenal for all those years and just feel like you're being maligned or hard done by. The man can he gave the ball away more than a League Two player and that, that's coming from me. It's just, he literally was, he, his moments of quality did not offset all the crap that came with the arrogance. <laughs> yeah. And, well, not, not I just, just, just the arrogance. He can't get got, tackled without staying down. That's my man. thing. Like, yeah. He cannot. He cannot just get up and try and win the ball back. He's a very fragile man. Yeah. And for what's supposed to be a, you know, a technically a good player, but a combative midfield player, that's the, that's the last thing you want is yeah. a midfielder who can't, who can't get off the floor. Yeah. He's a bit of an arse as well, isn't he? But, um, <laughs> not my words, the words of Martin. <laughs> Absolutely. Lord Martin There is no well, we forum wish, for this. We, we so all wish I'll, him a speedy recovery. Yeah, though, yeah right? thank you. Um, so, uh, Dan, we were just... Well, we were touching on uh, before the pod your love of Mark Hughes and, then, mm. and your, perhaps your enjoyment. You, did you see the game last night? I did. I watched most of it last night. As what, I, what format most, most of it? did you watch? I it watched. I watched so happened? while I was cooking dinner for my mum and Lovely. my wife, Wonderful. I, I uh, watched Good it on my laptop. Then I had to close the laptop while we ate dinner. And so I missed uh, some of the second why half. Did you, why would you do that? Just, just out of <laughs> politeness. To, to my Couldn't drag out dinner for an extra you know, maybe 30, yeah. 40 minutes, what, maybe what some homemade garlic I bread or something. A, I made a tomato risotto and oh, and a um, a rhubarb crumble. Wow! Oh, with rhubarb from my mum's garden. Oh my goodness! That's nice. I'd have yeah. said if you if you you know going to cook people dinner out of the goodness of your heart, the least they can do is let you watch the South Coast derby in peace. That's just very sad that. Right, but um, well, let's so go I watched I watched most of the first half and then I watched I think about the last twenty five minutes. What so. game? 
what game would it take to not close the laptop? Any any QPR game. Any QPR yeah. game, standard. It's the way it's set out in our house. What would you do that... with the dinner? Because risotto won't keep. Yeah, you have to yeah, keep well, that I just moist. Have to eat it and keep it off the TV on Good. in the background. That's yeah. right. Just yeah. just but set your stall out. Is the point? Yeah, you've yeah, got a exactly. plan and you stick to it. Oh, my mum's you know used to that. I think you know I've got a memory of uh, Euro '96, the Holland game, yeah. of me and my dad. I don't, I, I just don't quite understand why we were eating in the kitchen. I don't know whether mum had insisted on it. It's a bit is of a weird game. It sounds like a dream. It sounds like you're telling us a dream. <laughs> yeah, but I just think... How big's this kitchen? You've got quite, an amazing quite kitchen. Quite often we were allowed to watch football if it was an important game. I don't know why we weren't allowed, why we had to have dinner there. And England kept scoring. You know, it was 4-1. It was 4-1, 4-1. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, I mean, my dad, like, would hear this cheer from next door. We'd look at each other and get up and run out to see the replay of the goal and then come back and, like, try and finish our dinner in time. So these happy memories so, of, of yeah. sport in the kitchen. Exactly. You're shutting it down by making you close the laptop. Exactly. It's unacceptable, yeah. Mrs. Yeah. I'm just looking up the exact date. So that same tournament, England versus Scotland. Yeah. Uh, what date was that? Uh, it was 15th. So I've been pestering my dad for a, a basketball ring for my birthday, just like on, to put on the side of the house and was like, please, can we go and get this? Please, can we go and get this? And he just did no point blank ignored me. This was, so it was 15th of the sixth thing I played Scotland. Yep. My birthday's on the 1st of June, so I still hadn't got it by the 15th. And uh, when Gaza chipped the ball over Colin Andrews' head, he went over and booted the telly, turned it off. <laughs> and let's go and get your bloody basketball ring. <laughs> and I was like, so forever tainted. <laughs> I was like, doesn't feel as much as a birthday present. Was, Sorry, yeah. Dad. Feel your, this, your yeah. memories, I remember that. Your memories vividly. of that game it seems to be quite Harrowing. a lot different two hours. Yeah, really, one of the greatest moments yeah, of my really life. Really difficult. Really and that's difficult. when you thought, I'm going to be a footballer and remember that happy. Well, I wasn't going to be a basketball player. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we can park that as well. There was a couple other tasty ones this weekend. Uh, uh, Chelsea, Cardiff. The reason I say that is because I quite enjoyed Giroud. Uh, I'm enjoying a target man uh, bring the best out in other players. He's getting uh, a lot of love, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, big fan. Big newspaper I've, not on, I've not been on Twitter. I've been deleted Twitter yeah. for the week, which has been another blessing. But you often pick up the nuance of the pick up what the football the fraternity yeah. is saying about him. Yeah, I think he's. Um, He's what we saw in the World Cup. He's not a prolific striker. He might get you 12, 14 goals if you play him every single game and have him as your pivot. But generally speaking, he's a guy that can make others around him tick. And actually, to go back to the Brighton game, not dissimilar to the way Glenn Murray plays. Um, A player who's, I think, really underrated. And it's only a matter of his age, which means he's not in the England squad. But those two players, I think, I I don't know if you agree, but I think uh, physical players, but have a real good first touch and ability to shield the ball and to act as a pivot for... A pace around them at Brighton you've got you know Knockhart and March I suppose at Chelsea you've got I mean pick one of about five or six yeah um, yeah it just seems to really work and didn't score at the World Cup didn't matter he was he was instrumental no it's mm. in the line isn't it I mean West Ham Andy Carroll I know that it's, <laughs> he's someone I will accept an injury because I just love him but having that big striker that kind of just pushes you up the pitch it just gives that space in behind yeah I mean are we going to just talk about permanently injured West Ham players <laughs> well yeah it, I mean Andy Carroll is interesting because the cycle of Andy Carroll is obviously it starts with him being injured he comes back for three weeks he looks like he's never played football before in his life then he looks like a world beater for the five weeks that he's fit. And he's in Dubai. And then come, yeah, yeah. And then, and then comes the inevitable recurrence of an injury. Um, I'd love to see that. But yeah, when he's when he's flying, he's 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 great. 
the life cycle of Andy Carroll. That yeah. would be a great infographic. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Dan, uh, QPR over the years, you've had some good uh, biggins. Yeah, well, I mean, when you, when you were talking about Glenn Murray and, and players like that, the, the one that we had, it was not actually that tall. Who was brilliant for us was Hyder Helgeson, who's just mm. was a great player at just holding the ball up. The, the year we won the championship, Adele Tarap's got all the plaudits, and Tommy Smith scored plenty of goals, and uh, Wayne Routley scored a lot a of goals. Team. Jamie Mackey mm. scored a lot of I goals. Was a really team. Good team. It was a really good team, but it it was so Hyder Helgeson was so important to that team mm. because he just would hold the ball, and you know, obviously, he scored goals with his head. And he's great penalty taker yeah. but he would hold the ball and lay it off that kind of intelligent player especially with the way teams play today which is quite often with one up front is so important isn't it yeah. And, and yeah and that's why I mean go back to Chelsea that's what uh, a lot of people have been saying is that is this now where Hazard will start scoring yeah. you know, 30 a season th- yeah, exactly because yeah. Giroud is, is helping but, but I still feel with I, I hope for a start that this is sort of a resurgence in that sort of player because I think this, this sort of player was around 10-15 years ago much more so than now but I still think that Giroud for some reason is a guy that is the default position is on the bench for him even if Morata isn't doing it I feel like for some reason managers look at Giroud and go he's a guy that's happy on the bench who, who mm. not not happy but you know, not not going to kick off. He's a good team guy. Yeah. It didn't seem that he was brought in to start, did it? No, and, and I feel like that's that's uh, unfair on him because obviously he, I think he's good enough. But Morata is a big, big signing for Chelsea, and I think they still want to try and make it work, even though I mean, to me, it hasn't really. And Giroud's a better option. Yeah. Well, Hazard Hazard sort of was a bit damning of. Uh Morata in his interview, wasn't he? Because yes. he kind of talked about how great it was playing with Giroud, and he sort of went, and "It's a different game when Morata plays." Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, ruthless. Yeah, in between the lanes yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that's part of it, isn't it? If you've got a player like Hazard and he's happy playing with Giroud, then that's going to go a really long way, isn't it? Like you keep him happy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think back to Heskey for England got a lot more caps for England because. People wanted him around. Rooney yeah. and Owen, who, Michael who were Owen up front with him, yeah, absolutely. wanted him around because he, he did that job for him. And, and Hazard is important enough. I mean, as Sarri said after the game, he is, he is, if not one of the best in Europe. Sarri's saying, I don't really believe him, but he, he's saying he's the best in Europe. And you could have him in, he's in the conversation. Mm. And if you've got one of those players at your club, you're right, keep him happy. Play with the players that he wants to play with. Well, and you see what happened to Chelsea when he's not happy. It's not yeah. great, is it? No. <laughs> it's, it is the shape of the team, though, isn't it? The shape of the team is is paramount to everything else because it allows everyone else to play better, doesn't it? And you, you notice that from some of the teams like when Spurs were playing brilliantly, um, we as well talk about them now, but when they were playing brilliantly the last couple of seasons is because you knew the 11 that were starting and now you see the cracks appear, perhaps fatigue, maybe one reason. Um, last, when we left when we left the uh, the match, they were winning 1-0 against Inter tonight, but uh, as a team, Pox comments were <laughs> pretty strange but brilliant at the same time and I think we're all in agreement that we understood what he meant but uh, chatting about the fact that the cows jump mark can you run it? so were you speaking about this earlier the, yeah, or this the, morning the gist of it, the, you want the quote I can't give you the exact quote but well, no, the no, gist just, of it just, just the understanding behind it so, so the, 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 the gist of it what well, he, he said that um, talking about experience and he says that if a cow watches a train go past He's in a field and he watches the train go past 20 times a day. But at the end of that week, the cow couldn't tell you what time the train is due. I think the point of it is that experiencing something and just being in a room with something or seeing something without being able to uh, give any feedback on that or, or explain what it is, is sort of pointless. Yeah. 
you need to have something. The experience should be that you can you can do something with that experience yeah, rather than there. just passively looking at it. And so you need to, you know, as Spurs will see in the Champions League experience. You might have been in the Champions League, but unless you've learned something from it, it doesn't matter. Do you? That's what, what I took from it. I don't yeah, know. No, well, I, I mean, the and I'd say John. Sorry, go on. But, but how does he know? Has he tried asking the cow? <laughs> <laughs> might be pleasantly surprised. I'd, Has I'd, he had I'd the experience it, of asking yeah. the cow? I took yeah. it as a maybe that don't cow know the book knows cover kind of the thing. Time, cows are pretty clever. They, they, they'll never know the timetable to the minute. It might lie just, down when the next train's exactly. coming. Well, what we do know is they know when it's going to rain or not. So well, exactly, that's right, it. There we are making any more stereotypical comments about cows. Yeah, you're bigger. We're going to come back and it's going to be exclusively stories from. Booked, uh, so let's look forward to that. The Whistleblowers is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Whistleblowers Beer of the Month. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labbrooks. Welcome back, guys. Uh, as I said, joining us, we've got Mark Smith, uh, we've got John Smith, and we have Dan Trelfer, who are uh, both co-authors of uh, Booked, the Gospel According to Our Football Heroes. And uh, lads, I just want, while we've got you, I just wanted to flick through and find some, I'm just going to turn some random stories, and then we can talk about those, all right? So, because um, there's some belters in here. <laughs> John Aldridge? <laughs> John, I, I think John Aldridge was the first one I read, I think. So, yeah, I think it, it was. was early what, days. What era? Early what days. era Aldridge? So it, it, so was a, it was written a few years ago. And it was He's written... already a pundit. She's right? already a pundit. Already a pundit. And, that, and that becomes a big part of his books in a weird way. So he'll quite often... Tree. Yeah, so he'll quite often... Because it's written with the guy that he does a lot of radio stuff with um, in Liverpool. And so there's a lot of stuff about how they travel up and down the country and... And which grounds are difficult to get to? You know, it's like really weird. You just think, so John, dad, traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Which road did he use to get in? It's yeah. exactly Rich, that. Rich Services has got lovely M and S. Yeah, it's always well stocked. Yeah. yeah, Beaconsfield Services best in the UK. Yeah, uh, wow. sorry guys, carry on. <laughs> uh, Aldo, I know that. Tembia. <laughs> Oh no, T Bay services, that's the best one. We've got guests, Martin. That's, Sorry. That's all. <laughs> it's all the difficult grounds to get to are in London because it's just because it's London and it's different. Yeah. Park. I mean, that, that's always going to depend where you're starting from. Exactly. <laughs> that's write, one of his things. Don't write a book yeah. about it. Do not no. write a book about that. Yeah. It's really easy for him to get to Liverpool and Everton for some reason. Um, but with the, I, the best thing about John Aldridge's book is, is that at the end of each chapter, he does some top eight lists. Because he wore the number eight, okay, and and which is, might be fine as an idea if your top eight is is kind of interesting and it's ranked, you know, it'd be oh, what's your, you know, what is your viewpoint in this thing? But he he makes a really really specific point that he's not ranking anything. So, <laughs> so it's just eight yeah. things. Why, John? Why you're definitely <laughs> not ranking these. Exactly. Refuses to be drawn on that. Yeah, he just so I'm gonna I'm gonna say eight things, but they're not in any order. So <laughs> so examples are eight Spanish players that played at Liverpool. Okay. It's just just eight. Just, just eight. Pick eight. Not the best. Any old eight. Not the best. Yeah, and right. then why are you doing this, John? Yeah, <laughs> eight eight big money signings for Liverpool. 
Not not the eight biggest at the time of writing, just eight players that Liverpool spent eight. a lot of money on. Always eight. It's Great. always eight. Great. And so it's so but it falls down because well, or I can many, tell you why it falls down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 he does he does his eight favourite drinks at one point and he kind of names a couple of specific <laughs> lagers. Guinness, Guinness gets in there because he's got to remember that he's Irish. And about fifth. And then and then and then it just goes tea, coffee, water. Tails <laughs> away. Run out. Just drink. Just moved on. He yeah. moved on. I've and, got five. Uh, she have got five, John. Yeah. We're happy with no, five. Fine. Eight favourite World Cup fracas with fourth officials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get really stuck after one, yeah. What is, what oh, that's too good. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're really worth reading. Because uh, he, famously, that season he had at Sociedad, that's a really interesting story about it. Did he, t- did he touch on that in the book? Cause yeah. The, the, the Point. When he's not talking about how difficult it is to get to Chelsea, that's what ground. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sashi Dad would have been a nightmare to get to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, Every day, yeah, they just point blank refused to speak English. It was, you know, <laughs> nah. the, well, that's the best bit about the being from that sort of Basque region is he kind of broke the mold a little bit mm. where they were like, we don't, we don't have foreigners here, but it did it in a very nationalistic way. So, like, you know, no one else plays for us apart from guys from this region. So you can almost. There's a little bit of understanding there, particularly how proud they were and what what the country had been through. But him going there and then is literally when he scores a couple against Barcelona, they're like, "Now nah, you're all right, actually. You're fine. <laughs> you're it's the fine. rest it's of the them." Rest of it, yeah. And I think Tosh, because Toshak might have already been his manager then. So uh, the Sociedad John Aldridge stories are are belting. I would like to hear his perspective. How long was he there for? I think he played. I think he played one season, yeah. and then he came back, and then cited personal reasons for that. And that was at the time where personal reasons were probably quite valid because, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hard to get to. Um, but just the fact that it was, and he done really well there. And when he left Liverpool, I think he was unfinished business because he didn't go back because it was the whole point that he felt as though he'd been kind of no, pushed he came out. Came back to Tranmere then. Mm. Yeah. It was weird. It was. It's mm. weird. It's weird. He came he out and did well. Yeah, what a yeah. player. Yeah, great but he I, and just the other one that I remember was is is about his uh, punditry was um, it was uh, the top eight. <laughs> of course, it top was top eight. <laughs> Love this. best food that you get when you go to commentate on football at different grounds. <laughs> number one, number one. I I'm not lying. Can we can we guess? Was no no. It's know. not Liverpool. Number one is Portsmouth. Uh, lovely people, but didn't like the food at times. <laughs> <laughs> Time. So you just, just those are the toilets of the best food, and number one is Portsmouth. Didn't like, but the you food. didn't like the food. I thought yeah. you were going to rank oh. the actual food products. That no, he then eating. he does. Like, you know, Arsenal oh, Incredibles yeah. amazing because you yeah, get Ben and Jerry's. Wins, yeah. <laughs> other other ice creams are available. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving swiftly, <laughs> on not as good to, as Ben and Jerry's. Uh, <laughs> let me just let me just pick a story completely at random here. Um, James Smith. Mm. This is yours, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Jim well, Smith. I'm, I'm a Derby hero, Derby fan. Derby oh, yeah. This is huge. I'm looking forward yeah. to this. Ouch. Well, Jim Smith. Yeah, the best story about him comes from Leroy Rossinia, um, where he managed him at QPR, which Dan will obviously remember when you got to the Milk Cup final. No, I don't. No, I don't remember that. And um, <laughs> in in '86, and he's and Leroy oh, says yeah. that they're on the bus and they're going down Wembley Way, and preparations all been great. And then as the bus is nearing Wembley. Uh, the gaffer stands up at the front and decides to give a team talk with the help of a a monkey glove puppet (laughs) and launches into this bit with a monkey glove puppet from the front seat uh, with the monkeys calling him gaffer as well, obviously. And um, the monkeys confidently predicts that QPR are going to win 3-0 oh no and surprisingly the players didn't buy into it 
Well, it's just that the, the players didn't buy into it. Obviously, it didn't work because they went out and lost three three nil. I don't. I don't remember. Can, can we put that down to an innocent mistake? I'm sure. Sure. We can, right. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe. Chris, I mean, have that, you ever had a manager right, that did a team talk with a glove puppet? I will. I will tell a story <laughs> relating to Leroy Senior straight after this okay. once we've because it's perfect. <laughs> it's, okay. It couldn't be more. Okay. There's no. I don't think there's another time I can tell this story. Because I, I was going to say that's what assistant managers are for. Surely, I mean, surely <laughs> two. Surely two people They're wouldn't have thought that puppet. was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Run it past your assistant. Yeah. Just run it past yeah. Your I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> getting analytics. In, was that in Leroy's recent book? Yes, so, which is really good. Which is one of the one of the better ones. Did he read, talk so. about? Uh, um, what's the word? Is you? The did he talk about you? No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed <laughs> in a way that I didn't get flagged. But you know, um, there was uh, uh, what's the what's the word? Uh, ventriloquist dummy. Uh, have I told you this? I, don't, I must have told you this before. Do you know we're recording this, don't you? Porky United chairman had a ventriloquist dummy. No, he didn't. <laughs> Google it. I've spoken about it before. I think I just did I've it. i Right, this is unbelievable. So he had a, a, a ventriloquist dummy. He was a very eccentric chairman. He kept parrots in a massive aviary at his place. He'd bring the players, come over and have a look at my birds, etc. Um, it was all, listen, there was a lot of odd things about him, but he was a wonderful guy, Mike Bateson. Google this. His his ventriloquist dummy was called Algernon, right? And he would bring him into po- he would bring him goes, Oh, I don't think he played very well. And Leroy wow. would just stand there and go, would Bring him to the dressing yes, room. Yes. Yes. And Leroy would just be like, What's Okay, and Leroy would, uh, Leroy would, and him because Leroy would smoke senior has just been they followed through rollies. his career by yeah. people turning up with puppets. The and best thing yeah. was the chess chairman was like, can he smoke these little rolly cigarettes, like in little kind of what's the word? The, um, what the chairman or licorice ones? I would, <laughs> well, maybe I was going to have a couple of them. I don't know, but um, the the point being, so I swear to God, this is mental. So lads were going in for their uh, contract negotiations and. The chairman would be sat with an hour on and he's like going, wow, he wants no. it. We're not going to pay him that. We're not going to. And like be doing contract negotiations through a ventriloquist dummy. Lads wow. going, Algernon's really hard to deal with. He has knocked me down for 500 <laughs> quid of appearance money down to three. And I ain't got a leg to stand on, to be honest. Neither is he. <laughs> that's why he's here. Um, but yeah, so there was this weird thing. But our chairman at the time, she would just, just come out with these weird things. You couldn't really do much about it. You'd just be like... Because it was his club. It was just so this Leroy Senior, the fact that he's encountered yeah. more than one. Yeah. And there must have been this shuddering realisation when he came to talk. He was like, I'm going to have to deal with another. Well, maybe Unless Leroy Senior just thinks it's just, the norm at maybe, most clubs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's like, what happened. Yeah. You know, so many reference points about puppets that no one else ever. Like, what are you talking about, Leroy? No one, yeah. This has never happened to me in my life. <laughs> well, Every other day it happens. Well, that was a. I was a let's, let's go into another one. I want, I'd like to put that down to a innocent mistake, although I, <laughs> I probably can't. We have but, to put it down to an innocent mistake. Yeah, legally, sorry, legally, uh, legally, it's an innocent mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, uh, I've got Alan Brazil here. Oh, Alan Brazil, uh-huh. lovely. There's a couple um, of things that Alan yeah, Brazil, Alan comes up a, a few times. His one is written with Mike Parry, mm. uh, inevitably. Have you, have a you lot of it's about Mike Parry. His opening line is... Leroy reflects badly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Alan Brazil. Yeah. Uh, not, really. not really. We're sort of on his side. I mean, he's front and centre. One thing that, that came out is 
the footballer's adoration of Rod Stewart. Oh. And Alan is front and centre of that. Um, yeah, he loves Rod Stewart. Is Alan Brazil a Celtic fan then? Must be. Yes, yeah, 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 he is. Um, but yeah, when he's talking about Rod Stewart, so all footballers, it seems, love Rod Stewart. <laughs> right. Frank They've all met him. Arthur Frank is, he's a Russian John doll Walk. version of him, isn't he? He's just like a... Yeah, Kenneth Dalglish. <laughs> they all mention Rod Stewart. They all love Rod Stewart. Um, and Alan's really taken in uh, by him. He talks about meeting him in... 1982 and, and, and he says um, I looked at Rod's face and wiry body and honestly wondered if he was made of the same sort of bones and blood that we were <laughs> oh. Oh. Derek lovely oh. Derek McGovern does it? Joy John McGovern, John McGovern. talks oh, about um, about he, he got backstage didn't he and, yes. and he was talking to oh, Rod yes. Stewart and, and John McGovern's there with another player and their wives and while he's talking to Rod Stewart um, like a young assistant comes in and strips him of his clothes, strips him, strips him down to oh, his pants. It might be Archie Gamble, actually. Yeah, and and John McGovern said, and I looked, yeah. uh, and I looked at the wise, and they said, and the look on their face said, "Oh, if I could come back and do a job in another life, that would be it." <laughs> Rod is Rod is well liked. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the the other Alan Brazil story is, um, you know, we're very much on his side. It's with, uh, when Jock Steen was Scotland manager. And uh, Alan, obviously, famously into his racehorses. Yeah. And uh, evidently got the tip about the Derby winner for 83, I think it is, Tinoso. And um, from a long way in advance, you know, Alan's got the nod on, on this, that this has got a good chance and got really good odds on it. Got sort of 100 to 1 even. And then um, Jock Steen finds out about this and, and wants a slice of it. Uh, wants a slice of his bet. And and and, ins- and keeps on and keeps on and keeps on and insists on it. You know, um, he says he wants. You know, he sort of he sort of start. It's an opening gambit, doesn't he? Of some like, can I get that at sixteens or yeah. something? And then in Brazil just laughs and says, "Well, obviously not. No, this is my bet." And then but it just goes on. Yeah, and this, and, and Alan <laughs> holds firm on it. And the suggestion is that. That's why he didn't play for Scotland very much after that really? because Steen didn't pick him. And, and oh. Alan, it's in Alan Brazil's book, but also John Walk talks about it. And I forget who somebody else wow. is. Definitely a third so that person a real, that's around that squad that at the a time. Real incident that, then. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Alan Brazil must come up quite a lot because he, he's someone who is very charismatic, loves, you know, the social side of football, <laughs> and was a good player. So he's got all three mm, things exactly, going on yeah. for him there. Yeah, it's a good book. Is um, once. You get beyond the opening chapter. What's yeah. it called? Um, Do you know what it's called? It's called There's an Awful Lot of Bubbly in Brazil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very good. Okay, the name's the Lord. Well, you, you skipped yeah. over when we were talking about John Aldridge. His is called um, All Right There, Aldo Sound as a Pound. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to rattle through because we got. I, I want to get a couple more in. So let's just. Uh, oh, just a quick one there. Billy Bonds. Um, well, B- Billy Bonds is, is a good example for this, actually, because. One of the reasons we did this is that there's an awful lot of these football books and a lot of them are quite dry and there's not loads in them. So the what's idea... The, what's the driest one? Um, <laughs> Name names. I mean, bless him, Kevin Drinkles is... Yeah. Ironically, is a, Drinkles Yeah, dry. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that was the yeah. very first so one. Cold. That was the very first one I read that, that sort of gave me the idea that... Nobody because, it was really long yeah. <laughs> because because with Kevin Drinkles it was I I saw that for a, a pound in a in a shop 
And I thought, I'll get that. I've got a, a, a friend, Matt, who's a Norwich fan, and I thought, oh, I'll get that for him. It'll be a nice gift. And then it sat on my shelf for a month or so until I saw him. And while it was sitting there, I thought, oh, I'm going to read that. And I was reading it. I was thinking, who who is this for? I mean, Kevin Drinkle, good player, but the best one in the world. You know, he's not a household name. Yeah. And... Um, read it and it's very dry and there's lots of you know we went up to Sheffield Wednesday on the Saturday and we got a one all draw and then on the Wednesday we drew at Blackburn and so on and so forth and then right in the middle of it um, he suddenly talks about a Christmas party at Norwich a fancy dress party and um, Kevin played it safe and went as a snooker player uh, and Dal <laughs> Gordon Dal Gordon turned up as a tampon <laughs> We're in a costume that he describes in great detail. And evidently, he, he, he praises whited, his effort. He, he, he whited up. A, yeah. Whited up. Yeah, he went to a, a lot of effort, evidently. And I was just reading that, and I thought, you know, people don't need to read this Kevin Drinkle book. All they need is that. How, how many times during your research for the book did you think, I cannot believe that this has gone through three, four, five meetings with publishers yeah, and editors. Many, often. many times. <laughs> how does it yeah. get there? I, yeah, I, I don't it's, understand it's, it. It's astonishing. Sorry, anyway. We, we, yeah, sorry, we Billy, but we were talking about Billy Bonds. Billy well, Billy Bonds, Bonds it, it, again, I mean, obviously, West Ham fan, love Billy Bonds. Um, his book is quite dry um, until it gets to the point where they nearly killed a man, him and Trevor Brookin <laughs> nearly <laughs> killed a man. Um, Please. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't imagine or, either of them would want to. Peter Bennett, that played with them, uh, I think, late 60s, early 70s, um, they were on tour in America and... Um, Peter's wife had given birth at home, so they were out celebrating. They, had, they went and had a drink, as you do. Got back to the hotel, threw Peter Bennett in the pool. Peter Bennett can't swim, Ooh. so that's going on. Bonzo says him. he says he, he we, we expect him to, f- to kind of like yeah. flutter around the pool, and he just he said and he lay spread eagled with yeah. his arms out, with his head down. Just in the water. went in and stayed there. So just died. Yeah. Like he died instantly. Yeah. <laughs> allergic to water. <laughs> But surely you just instinctively thrash around. I yeah, think he was quite, quite drunk. Yeah, right. they, they were all quite yeah. drunk. Harry Redknapp involved as well in that. Ah, uh, that's yeah. it then. Mm. That's it. Yeah, so they nearly, so you know, Trevor Brooking. Yeah. There'd be no Brookings brief. Yeah, hidden. We'll miss Sir Trevor, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Posthumous. Could all have been so different. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, <laughs> who knows? I mean, we can only dream. Uh, <laughs> so can I just ask? So we, we've covered a few stories here, but there are. Dozens of stories like this in the book. Mm. Uh, I don't want to give you you to give us a, the favourite one, but just guarantee us there's another twenty stories in there, oh, so I can go out yeah. and buy. Yeah, it. there's there's the untold in there. Yes, it's, I mean the idea is that we've harvested the the best stories from 130 yeah. plus books, and um, yeah, so uh, the books the themes them around celebrity encounters and tales of the gaffer and tales from the hotel and banter. Banter and the um, the, the what we've called top the shelf. Top which there's shelf. a top lot of. I call it top eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've had the driest. Uh, which one book yeah, springs to mind when we say the best? What's the best one on, you read? Let's of the finish lot? on one. Maybe someone from uh... Dan. Who's yours? Well, if you to recommend a biography, a football biography to someone, who, who would it be? I th- well, John loves. I know you love Pat Van and how Mickey Thomas is is. is it's quite a good read, isn't Mickey it? Mickey Thomas is great, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot. He's, it feels like his um, after-dinner routine. Yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, I don't want to call him a liar. 
<laughs> he's always he's ready. Been, what, he's a proven liar. What, yes, yeah, yeah there is that. Yeah, he's a counterfeiter. Yes. Um, yeah. Whatever anecdote he tells, it, it, he's always made a quip in it. Um, at the point he was arrested when the police knocked on his door and said, we've come about the counterfeit money. He says, come back tomorrow, I'll have some for you. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and then while he's in the car, the police said, oh, do you know my cousin? And he says, oh, yeah, I know her. I've taken down her particulars. Think, really? Yeah. What, really? This has never happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Prince Charles. Um, he, he met Prince Charles at the 79 Cup final. Uh, yeah. You know, shaking hands. Evidently, yeah. Prince he's, he claims that Prince Charles said to him, "Where are you from?" He said, "Colwyn Bay." Prince Charles says, "I've been there." He says, "Oh, you haven't shagged my missus, have you?" Uh, <laughs> these these I, are things that you thought that. about in the cab. Yeah, home, yeah. I suspect and thought, that's what I would have said. Yeah, I suspect yeah. he didn't say that to Prince Charles. Yeah. Um, Good but on my, for sticking it in the yeah, book. My favourite, um, Mickey Thomas, though, is on the sad occasion of Jock Steen's death, as we all remember. Jock Steen died after the. Wow, Scotland World Cup game and, you know, deeply tragic event for all concerned. But Mickey says um, the evening wasn't a complete washout because he managed to get Rod Stewart to autograph that <laughs> Silver lane in so with Mickey. Exactly, you know. There's always a silver yeah. lane in. Yeah, yeah, yeah always, just yeah. never, you know, <laughs> never the uh, silver thread through the notes. Yeah. You should have put that, mate. Yeah. Were real. Um, gentlemen, it's been great speaking about the book. I've, I've enjoyed it and I will enjoy reading the, the stories in it. Um, a couple of a couple of games this weekend that maybe we'll have a little look at. We've got, um, well, basically off the back of the, uh, last weekend, there's a couple of teams in the mire at the minute. We've got Huddersfield, Leicester, Huddersfield in dire need of a game. Uh, a win I should say uh, Burnley also Burnley are really up against it so they're at home to Bournemouth they're two massive games at that end of the table I'm just kind of saying from fans of teams that aren't necessarily at the top end of the table the more realistic end of football should we say those games are kind of pressing for those at the minute you know Huddersfield are kind of up against it and I'd say Burnley as well yeah I'm really worried for Burnley it's yeah, been it's. I think it's, it's really difficult in the Premier League from prior experience of being a QPR fan. If you start that season badly, it's. on re- Swansea last season, you know, they actually had a bit of a recovery in the second half. But if you've had that really bad start, it's so hard. And mm. People know yeah. you're gettable. Yeah. Burnley have always had this kind of, you know, ivory tower thing where or going to Turf Moor is always, yeah. you're not going to get a lot. And now people are like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Like a siege mentality. Yeah. How, how much of it do you put down to the. Uh, Europa League being a distraction early doors. It's partly that, isn't it? And I think they didn't sign anyone. You know, if, if you're going to do a European, you know, jaunt, you, even yep. if you're going to go out early, you're going to need some extra players. And he, he signed they get? like they got ben Vidra, Gibson, Vidra from from us from Derby, yeah. and Joe I mean, Hart. decent players. But who, yeah, Vidra, Joe, Joe Hart, Hart. Vidra was on your bench for most of the season. I mean, Vidra, you know, yeah, he's he not going to do it in the Premier League. He really isn't. He's, I mean, an, he's a good player, isn't he? But yeah. he was top scorer in the Championship last year. But that doesn't mm. really mean a lot. It, no. it's just but he's been banging about the Championship things. for a long time. Now. Yeah, they've got Joe Hart as well, who actually is doing pretty well mm. in there as as cover for the, the two, you know, Heaton and uh, Pope. But they looked. Yeah, I watched the Wolves game. I watched the Wolves game, and they looked. Poor and mm. Wolves took them apart. They really should have been that four or five. Been they did, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Uh, uh, John, massive one for you this weekend. West Ham Chelsea. Uh, it's on Sunday lunchtime. Yeah. Are you kind of at, in a better place than you were like the week before last? I would imagine. Yeah. Well, like I say, I mean, the, the optimism about winning last week mainly came from the fact that they're you know we've got to get points from somewhere and the games around it. 
were hard. I mean, I'm to Chelsea, you never use the case of sort of hoping for the best and fearing the worst. But um, sort of game you, you sometimes do quite well in. Though, I know, it? sometimes you've had some good results. Even I think you've had good results in the at home against them when Costa. Yes, Conte was their manager the first yes. game. I think. Yeah, but I mean they look good though, don't they? At the moment. Yeah, they, I mean, they do. But if you were a bottom five club, which you're not, you look at this and go, "Well, that's a bonus game because anything you get is is great." But actually, you, you spent a lot of money, and I know it's Pellegrini's first season. But I, I think you can, you know, you can get something there. Well, I think sort of back in my mind, I'm hoping that we'll get at least a point out of Chelsea and Man United, yeah. which are the next two home games. Where is United at home? I mean, we call it home. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listen, listen, we could uh, dwell on the other results, but uh, most of you guys can uh, pick them up. Uh, and check out what's going on this weekend. I'm, I'm glad we spent the majority of the time on book because it was uh, it's great to hear some of those stories. So thank you very much, Dan you, and John, cheers. for coming Thanks in. I hope the book, book does well. Uh, from everything I hear that uh, from people's responses, it's it's going brilliantly. So uh, look forward to hearing more of that. Uh, Mark, always good to have you on. What are you up to at the minute? You, you doing a bit of talk sport this morning? I was, yeah, I was up at four a.m. this morning, mate. I can tell you look really tired. Do I? Yeah. Do I? <laughs> I'm sure you always look tired. Well. <laughs> I always look tired. They're just normal <laughs> bags. These guys, fine. Yeah. It's just, well let's not put it under any more pressure than that we'll be back next week (laughs) with more irreverent chat Uh, thanks that was the whistleblowers this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk the whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks sports social podcast network